0: All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Thursday, April 8th. And as we always do on every Thursday, we talk LAFC. Uh, and here joining me with me, we got
1: we got a man
0: by the name of Alex Dweezy. I apologize Ooh. if I pronounced the last name wrong.
1: Or No, no, nickname. no. Well, actually, yeah, the, the last name is Dwyer, but I go by Dweezy, yes. Most people know me as Dweezy. That's true. Dweezy, Dweezy, the Dweezy. And as Choose you, your, as you guys
0: can see, if, you, if you're watching on the live stream over here, and this man is, is rocking some some stylish gear. Is that is that what what is that? What kind of jersey is an Arsenal jersey?
1: It sure is. It's the Arsenal Human Race kit. You know, I wore it in support of my boys today. They drew one one in our last in, our last in our last ditch in our last ditch attempt at making something meaningful out of this season. I don't know how long Mar- Mikel Arteta is going to have his job, but uh, hey, you know what? We're we're going to keep it rocking. It's up and down season. I know I know what great football looks like as an Arsenal fan and I know what terrible football looks like as an Arsenal fan. So I feel like that gives me a lot of great range and helps me with my expertise on the beautiful game.
0: Hey man, nevertheless, you're rocking an amazing jersey. That's a lot that's a lot of swagger. That's that's one thing about uh, uh Arsenal. There's so many Arsenal fans just everywhere, like I, I, all over my tour de Freed, I didn't realize how many people were Arsenal fans, but yeah. on top of that, you guys have some of the sickest like, gear out there. That
1: the culture, there. the culture of Arsenal is like bigger than the football of Arsenal at this point. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I feel like everywhere I go, everywhere I turn, like there's always Arsenal, Arsenal gear. Someone like I can walk down the street and and it's it's like a noticeable brand, which is pretty cool um but hey man i love i love that jersey thanks man but um but yeah man it, yeah. before before we get started man uh, let, let's get the listeners to get to know you a little bit obviously uh the people who are am familiar with you i i know you i know you've been with the with lafc from the start so so tell us how you got involved with the lafc how you got started to want to cover them
1: yeah so my um my very first article about lafc came out this is april right we're in april so it came out now six years ago believe it or not uh april 2015 that was about five months after the announcement of the club before of course we had anything players coaches i don't even think the colors were firmly established at that point nor was the name um and i was driving around la dreaming about what football could be um, in this beautiful city we love and call home. And I would see all these billboards. I know, Gio, you record a podcast for both Galaxy and LAFC listeners, anyone interested in, in soccer in the city, which I think fills a great need. Um, we, we we all need to get along better. That's true. We can hate each other for the 90 minutes, but I think we all need to get along better uh, in those two two sides of the coin. But um, shout out to, to Mo, R-I-P Mo, always in the spirit of Mo uh, with that sort of brotherhood aspect we're still neighbors at the end of the day but anyways uh for a little on the banter side there was uh, these billboards with like Robbie Keane on them and I you know the Galaxy had just won their fifth championship and I was seeing these billboards and and they said like I forget the exact messages but they were like things like kings of the city and like Los Angeles like all these things and I'm like these guys don't even play in Los Angeles like they play so far away like Like the galaxy to me doesn't feel like it's really in and of Los Angeles city. It's, it's sort of like a character of like, you know, even like with the galaxy, like the stars and the sky. Anyhow, I was inspired and I wrote an article in Howler called Dear LAFC, I love you. Don't fuck this up. Okay, oh, can I curse on the five? Yeah, go
0: for it. Go for no You're totally fine. You're totally fine. We're we're Just
1: don't mess it up. This was 2015 you April. Can cuss, man. Don't don't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. Uh don't mess it up whatever. Um sorry, our our podcast we do FCFC pod we we have quite foul mouths So, um yeah, you know I I wrote that piece uh, George uh, who was the editor at Howler at the time? He's now the editor, or he was the editor at launching Athletic Soccer for a long time. George Kiarishi, I believe, is how you pronounce his name. He was great. We like, you know, he loved the idea, and I just really took my time to to list the ten things I thought would make LAFC the most incredible club, and kind of said, "I pledge my undying loyalty." If you guys do uh, any of these. Or, you know, I think I ended up saying like three out of 10 of these things. And of course, the club would go on to do like nine, if not all 10 of them. Uh, And I promised I'd get a tattoo if they did that. Um, (laughs) I I was already a journalist at that point in my life, but I covered music. Uh, I wrote about music and I had covered exactly one soccer game in my career, which was down in Carson the year Beckham played in 2007. Uh, For my school paper, I went to Loyola Marymount University. And I covered Toronto FC against the Galaxy. I believe the Galaxy lost quite bad uh, in the press conference afterwards. David Beckham acted like a damn fool. And uh, it was just sort of like, it just wasn't a great vibe. And I didn't, I didn't love the experience. And I thought, I'll probably never cover sports again. Uh, as much as I love this game, I feel like I'm too close to it. I'm too passionate. I love Arsenal too much. <laughs> I couldn't be uh, neutral. But long story short, that piece in Howler, uh, which at the time I didn't think anyone read or cared about. Fast forward a couple of years, once LAFC starts doing the season ticket deposits and people are actually, you know, we're starting to see this thing come to life. I had an opportunity then to, they were looking for somebody to cover MLS, uh, LAFC for MLS through the you know inaugural season. So I covered covered LAFC for that site, MLSsoccer.com. That first year, 2018, starting with the very first story I did was when Bob Bradley was announced and I got to tour the stadium site with Bob, kind of walking walking alongside him before he knew who I was. He was just like looking at me like this weird mustache dude's following me into the bank. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I talked to him about like his favorite memories of, of stadiums he had played in. He always said that playing at Anfield and playing in front of the cop was like kind of a pinnacle for him in terms of playing in, in front of great stadiums and um you know from there i got to do a lot of a lot of cool things i mean i got to write a a big magazine story on carlos vela uh it was sort of his like longest english interview um up until kevin i think just had him had him for like an hour i had him for you know a good hour as well uh at the start of the 2019 season the one that he became mvp and i wrote this long piece got to interview jorge campos and a bunch of people put that together for los angeles magazine um, you know, got to jump on with Denholm a couple of times, ESPN radio. And then I got to do a lot of what my favorite thing to do, despite as much as I love the sport on the field and I grew up playing it, I still play it. Um, I got to cover the culture, uh, as it was unfolding and developing. And the culture is really where my heart is. Um, I do have two tickets in the North end. I'm a bona fide member of the 3252. Uh, I am a part of the Tigers supporters group. Shout out the TSG. Uh, once I stepped down from MLS, I, I properly joined in in that because I you know didn't want to didn't want to do all that before. When, you know, when I was supposed to be a sort of objective, you know, onlooker, even though I was only covering one team. So, uh, yeah, I've had this kind of wild little adventure. I got to write a show for NBC Sports on the Premier League um, that if, if you guys check out Crossroads, the NBC sports show, Aaron West ended up being the voice that um, that that did it. But yeah, I wrote all those episodes and I story produced the whole show. And yeah, so it's cool to like do stuff with the Premier League, the thing I grew up doing. So it just it became this very big adventure of football that was quite unexpected, all because I wrote this very hilarious tongue in cheek over the top article about the 10 things LAFC should do to win my undying loyalty. So that's my so, adventure. So
0: did they win you over or what? Did, of did course, they-
1: man. I mean, it's so it's and 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 you know, shout out to LAFC, Rich, and and anyone who who knew about that article back in the day. They they always hold me to the standard of like you said you'd get the the tattoo, Duiz. Uh I told them I was going to say did, I was going to say, have you gotten yeah. the
0: tattoo? It doesn't
1: sound well, like it. I told it. them no, I'm going to. I I'm, <laughs> I I will say I'm going to. I have I've got something else in the works that's really exciting, and I think I want to tie the tattoo together. Where, with where that. are you going
0: to get that tattoo?
1: Uh, I've got ideas. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like just build anticipation for it. I'm going to get the type tattoo. I think I might be getting it in like a, a live type situation. I've got this vision for what it can be, Um, but I'm going to keep it under wraps. The tattoo's coming. I was going to get an arsenal tattoo and I am indeed going to get the LAFC tattoo first, first. So I don't have a tattoo on my body. (laughs) And so we'll see how it all goes. Gio. I don't know. So that's, that's kind of my, my, story in a big splashy nutshell about covering this sport and covering the team
0: no i love it uh, obviously the first thing that stood out to me when i when i would see you just around right because I, 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 everybody's new right especially covering a new team but it, it's that mustache you know right the, the stuff that's right in your face and yeah you know now I, it's a
1: beard now it's a I beard, beard yeah course. you had a
0: mustache at times like beard yeah. um but yeah i would always see you when i would go to lafc and i think you know i as everybody, we just started building relationships and obviously, yep. you know, we, we saw each other this past weekend at the preseason game, because I'm always very interested on, you know, how people got, you know, involved in soccer, football, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and also covering the teams here. Cause what I tell a lot of people, too, is like in L.A., like MLS is actually popping like in other cities. It's, it's not it's not as popping as it is here. Right. We got two clubs. We got two teams that, you know, and they hate each other. And the passion's real and stuff. And I and I really like that. But also like us, right. Our side of the story and how we how we got to cover the team and how we got in. Yeah. And, you know, every and then you talk about the article. I, I never knew about the article um. Which, which yeah, is amazing. It's still there.
1: It's still up. It's still up on Howler. I mean, Howler was a great U.S. soccer magazine that got launched on Kickstarter again by George uh, Kiarishi. He he believed in covering the sport a different way uh, and honoring the game we have here, but also what the contributions we could make to the global game, which is really, I think, like the intersection of what so many of us who are you know attracted to LFC and and other versions of the sport here. We dream of. And so Howler was great. It ran, they ran issues for it. And then um, they ended up selling, he ended up selling it. But uh, I think due to the pandemic and other financial things, they haven't been able to produce any issues of late. So hopefully it comes back because it was a great, great magazine. I don't know if you ever had, if you ever got your hands on it, Geo?
0: I think I think I have seen. I think I have read it. It's now that you bring up the name Howler, it does it does ring a bell. But I I can't say like I remember any any other stuff. But yeah, yeah I think I have. Cool. I've seen a couple a couple of the magazines laying around. But now, like I, I read, but I magazines nowadays. It's just whatever I get, whatever I get in my, in yeah. Now, you know, because there's just so many things out there.
1: Gio, wait I, before before we go on, you can just give me a quick version. I'm sure your listeners already know, but I don't know how you got involved with covering the sport and covering LAFC. Can you give me a brief? A yeah, brief, man, uh...
0: so no, yeah, no doubt. So I, I, I covered, um, I covered So I covered before I jumped on LAFC, like the funny thing i i'm not even a journalist to be honest with you i didn't go to school for journalism i think i just mm-hmm. love sports i grew up yep. playing i played college soccer and where'd you play for, uh so i played i played a southwestern college and i played at grand canyon university
1: oh nice in arizona right yeah
0: so before nice. yeah before they went like d1 um nice. they were like d2 at the time cool so I, I what, what lo-
1: position what position was you wait oh actually you know what you like you're like a you're like a center midfield controller like a six or an eight yeah, right? I,
0: I, yeah, I yeah, I played, I played, I played midfield, but I I would play. I was like, I was a wing. I was like a wing okay, and a then wing? defender, and then I Dude, I, I, I was like a
1: right winger. By. I was a winger too. I was a winger, bro. I was like, wingers, man, I'm running that winger, much. W- winger, recognized winger. <laughs> winger, yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude,
0: so. you, you are running so much as a winger. Too
1: much, yeah, too much, but we love it.
0: Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So uh, obviously, I haven't really shared the story on the pod, but like, uh, um, yeah. So I cover. Uh, I always wanted to get into sports. So long story short, man, like I never, I never, I never knew about media. I never knew how to get in. So what I would do, I would buy a ticket to the game because I, once I realized that I want to do stuff in media. I, I don't necessarily want to work for ESPN or anything like that right off the mm-hmm. back Or thing. I was like, I just want to do my own thing and figure it out. So I figured out like I had to get a website. I had to do all this. So I figured out how to get interviews with, with players on the field. You know, I did that with the chargers. I did that with the USC, and long story short, so essentially, I, I would just go. I would just get on the field. I don't recommend this. What did anybody do this? But at the time, because you know, I was going through some stuff at the time. I just wanted to cover sports so bad, and I didn't yeah. care what I had to do, right? So I would buy a ticket to the game, and then I would just me and my brother. I tell my brother I was like, "Hey, just record my interview with this player." So I'd go onto the field and interview yeah, the players. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, so I interviewed like Daniel Thompson. I interviewed a couple of USC players, but at the time, okay. I didn't know what media rights. I, I didn't know any yeah. of this stuff. I was mm-hmm. like, I just want to do this. I need to get the content and to prove to the teams, that like, yo, I'm official. So I did that pretty much did all the content. And the first team that credentialed me was a Mexican national team. Oddly enough, LASC was the second team. And then Mm -hmm. from there I got like, you know, the Clippers and then I got, uh, uh, obviously galaxy and I went to the world series. Like I went from like, not doing it the way you're supposed to. I I just broke in the way I wanted to, because I love it. Uh The, to like now, I understand what, how it is. I, you know, I, it's been a, it's been a long journey learning how to like you know how to create a podcast. What's media rights? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, where do who who has a media rights? Who's who's able to interview players on the court? You know, who, how do you, how do you get about your contacts? How do you get about sources? I mean, everything I've been self taught. You know, I, I've self taught myself. I love that,
1: dude. No, I respect that. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: And I just been grinding, you know. And, I, and that's why I met Rich, and Rich had seen the same thing. I was like, bro, like I was like, I literally. All, all the all the all the videos and stuff. I was like, I literally used it to get into. because when I was applying to LAFC, they were like, "We don't even know you." I was like, "Yeah, but like, yeah. I, I kept like emailing and emailing and talking with them, and they're like, "Okay, we we don't know you, but you have all these interviews with with all these people and stuff." So they let once yeah. they let me in, I knew I, I was good. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. My my whole job, my whole goal was to like, because at the time last last season before the pandemic, I was still covering basketball, but then I realized I was like, mm-hmm. you know what let me just focus on one sport and let me go into like super niche. Cause I was, doing, I was doing like baseball, basketball and soccer, but it was, it was mm-hmm, just, it was mm-hmm. getting too much. So I was just like, you know what? Yeah. Focus on one sport. No then... dude. I
1: mean, I, shit, you're doing that many, you're doing that many teams, that many sports. The fact geo that you just do two teams. Like that to me is insane. Like it's enough for me. Like LAFC oh, that's, it, following to, that is enough for me. Like yeah, to, no, you, it's, you it's have it's to like a, go to two me- media days and. bro it, on it would
0: it trust me. It was like I would go. It's not even that. I would go to Clippers. Then I'd go to Dodgers. Then I would go to like the. I would cover the Sparks. Then I'd go to LAFC. Then I'd go, go to Galaxy. It was. It was. It was. It was too much. Then I was like, you know what? Let me now. Now I feel like I don't feel as as um, I, I guess like that I have too much on my plate before I did because, you know, I had like a bigger team and stuff, but now it's like, I, it's soccer. I can focus, you know, I know who to contact. I know where, where the games are at and, and it's not going to be as hectic, you know? And I, and typically they play on the weekends and every now and then they'll have games around. The only thing, the only time it kind of sucks is when they play at the same time, but I can, I yeah. can still, I can still pull up the game. Um, but yeah, now, now I'm focused on covering both LAFC and LA Galaxy. Um, you know and i, and I love it no, it's
1: i, I yeah.
0: love you know i love soccer and i love how the sport is going so pretty much that, that's my long story short man so i, I just yeah. been grinding away no no, no.
1: well I, I, before before we go any further though i just want to tell your listeners geo's a real one he i respect the hustle he's always one of the ones that ask questions he shows up to every training this guy's tireless this guy believes and obviously his origin story about how he started covering it all uh makes it line up so so you guys got a good one keep listening to the man i'm sure he's only going to continue continue uh bringing great coverage of these two teams so hey, yeah. man, I, I appreciate Applaus, that, applause applause the Gio. applause <laughs> and respect the hustle I respect yeah, yeah the hustle. bro
0: that's all about the hustle because a lot of people are like oh you're a journalist i'm like man you don't even know my backstory bro like yeah. you don't even know how hard it is to get in <laughs> yeah
1: journal and journalism is a weird thing i mean like i think we need l- i think we need fewer traditional like journalists at least in sports in in the real world we actually need more yeah, yeah. classically changed journals but in sports and in like in 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 what i think can be like a pretty stuffy industry for something that's supposed to be about like fun and entertainment and like community it sometimes gets a little too stuffy so geo i'm happy and i hope we get more people who are like kind of doing it out of passion doing it out of love and um finding their way like you have because I yeah man that and beautiful. i feel
0: like I, I i like you know i played the sport obviously i never played pro but i'm like i get it i understand i've watched this since i was a kid like you know yeah. like I understand this like like the back of my hand, obviously, you know. Uh you got some love too. People in the chat, uh these these scoots says just found and read the article quite pres present. Um, and then Jonathan Fisk says Dweeze for Prez.
1: (laughs) What's up, (laughs) y'all? Well, thank you. And yeah, check that article out. It's a it's kind of a funny, a funny uh, you know, like I said, man, six years ago. That's it's crazy to think now. And of course, like at the time, none of us knew what LAFC was going to become, and I think there were a lot of us dreaming about something around the same time. And people got involved in different ways. And part of the way I got involved was helping to tell this the story of this club uh, on and off the field. So,
0: yeah, bro, bro, it's, it, that's what I love, man. It, uh, it's two, it's two different stories, right? LAFC, uh, what four years in, right? And and they've done it uh they've done a great job right it's just building the we just talk about the fat fan base right like how yeah. they build the community and stuff and you know how smart they were to do it that way and they actually do care about the community by by everything they do right and they listen yep. and they listen to, to to the people and stuff and, and, I, and it's, I love a,
1: it's a community lafc is a community with a football team attached to it exactly exactly rather yeah. than the other way around and, right? the, and the
0: benefit for me is I can see the differences between the two clubs, right? I can see yeah. the, the the complete difference going, going, going to both either LAFC or LA yeah. Galaxy, I see the differences. Like, you know, yeah. and you know, I don't need to necessarily speak on every single one, but I, I see the differences and I see one. Okay. This is, I see this from LAFC. I see this from LA Galaxy, but mm-hmm. I honestly, man, I, 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 I love it, man. I love, I love, uh, I love seeing this and, I love honestly, I don't mind when people talk shit and say stuff to me because I'm i mean, this is part of the process. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean,
1: you and Baxter both, I mean Baxter has to cover shout out Kevin Baxter, our our mutual colleague in the in the press box. He he's got to cover both teams. Anyone who's covering both teams is gonna get flack. And I mean, I, I will say that like regardless, I think most people on all sides of it are glad that two teams exist. Like, we're 100%. glad that we have both. We're glad that it's a real budding rivalry. We're glad that there's that there are these stark differences. I mean, yep. this is what you want. And I do, you know, we'll get into it here in a second. But I think, you know, from Tristan Blackman to, to Bob Bradley, the one consistency we've heard this preseason and we've heard all through the LAFC story is they want competition at positions. And guess what? You also want competition at the position of who's the best team in the city and that's going to help you know both of them both of them push and it's it's really an honor and and a privilege and a joy to watch it all unfold and to be part of it whichever side you're on or if you're if you're mm-hmm. in the middle too it's it's great we're becoming a the soccer or the football city that we always you know hoped we could be and i think it can only grow from here with uh, obviously angel city coming through and everything else
0: so yeah yeah it, it, it's it's only it's it's just getting started man it's just are you gonna started. are
1: you gonna cover angel city yeah of course yeah of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. i'm gonna like delicate like some people to that but yeah it, awesome. it's i mean it's exciting man like you know uh, just you know we're gonna have three pretty soon right but it's you know it, the sport just keeps growing and, and that's what i love from being here from the start yeah and- i
1: gotta i gotta shout out to louise uh from nikki sports He was on our podcast, FCFC podcast, uh, since since 86, I believe was the name of the episode. And uh, he once told us on that pod that he believed that Los Angeles could become the most important soccer city the most important football city in the world um, because of not just the professional game here, but the fact that teams come here and play and, and obviously the culture side of it and the entertainment side of it. Um, and I and I and more um, as the years go on, the more and more I start to believe, Louise, and I start to see the op- opportunity, like maybe this can become kind of the global hub for the game. So a lot of exciting stuff happening. Um, yeah,
0: I, I do totally. see that. I know we're a long ways away from that. But um, but yeah, man, no, I, I appreciate you sharing your story. And I appreciate you asking about, about my story, too. But um, of course, brother. But Yeah, man, let, let's 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 talk. Uh, let's talk a little uh, L.A.C., obviously, yeah. you know. Um, obviously you and I were here at the pre we're at the preseason game right preseason yep. game preseason game yep
1: um,
0: but what were your overall thoughts um, uh, of the game right we we saw we saw a little bit of Kim one we saw we saw Pablo start our goal mm-hmm. um, we saw Corey Barrett start at center forward I think I think those are the three I think correct me if I'm wrong but I think those are the three main positions that everybody was curious about who's going to be the yeah. goalkeeper who was yeah the absolutely attack, and yep. then and then center forward um, so what were your overall thoughts of, the, of this game
1: Yeah. I mean, like you said, I don't even, I almost don't even think it's worth reading into like the things that actually occur as, as desperate as people are to know about them. I mean, there's like some reports online and videos you can see more importantly is sort of what's being assembled big picture with, uh, with LAFC right now. And what I think is interesting is as you brought up the center forward position, the goalkeeper, um, you and I talked that day about those being kind of big question marks for, from, for LAFC from the beginning and the right back position, you know, once Steven Betajur had established himself and Gabber kind of walked out the door, that position's also been in flux. And what we saw in terms of a starting lineup with Tristan playing there and uh, Mario and Segura partnership in the midfield, I mean, in the center of defense and cheeky out on the left hand side, that's, that's essentially what I would expect, you know, the, st- the starting lineup to be defensively and through the midfield in all likelihood maybe apart from Mark Anthony K switching in for Sifu. But I mean this was this was what we expected. I mean Corey Baird on paper as he said in the post game uh was was through the middle and then Carlos and Diego obviously uh playing their their usual positions and we had um Pablo starting but could could have been Vermeer. I think the biggest thing about this season Gio and I think me may have talked about it and I looked it up before before we talked because I just wanted to see. I believe in 2019, so off-season between 2018 2019, it was 12 players in, 5 players out, so 17 transfers. 2020, 11 players in, 14 players out, uh, so it's like 25 transfers. Between this season and this season, or the, uh, 2020 and 2021, it was only – oh, and I'm sorry, to the very beginning, 17 out or 17 in 17 or 12 out from 2018. So that was 29 transfers this season. Only six players came in. If we exclude Murillo, I mean, Murillo is technically like a new signing listed as a new signing, but he played last year. So only six players came in and only eight players went out. So that's only 14, which is dramatically less. So we're seeing the least amount of roster turnover in LAFC history. And we're seeing, I believe what Bob has always wanted, which is consistency. Um, and in a way it's sort of anticlimactic in the world of global football, everyone's always excited for the new signings and the new, you know, you know, tr- everyone knows transfer news is almost as big as like, you know, who actually wins the game nowadays, right? Because people care so much about players coming in and out, but what, what we're seeing with LAFC is like a double or a triple down on consistency. And they address the key areas that they wanted different, different personnel early, early on in the offseason and we haven't seen much else. I know Raheem Edwards just like officially, officially signed, but he had been with the camp since I think January. So um or with like, you know, with LAFC when the re-entry draft happens. So I don't know, Gio. I, I for me my biggest takeaways of the of the day, of the match, of the post match and of the preseason so far is just how what is Bob and what is the team going to do now that they've had this much time together. I mean this this year is really and we'll get into expectations shortly but this year is really about okay we we now have we now have what you've wanted we have the 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 a competition at every at every position and we have consistency at almost every position so what's that going to look like what's that going to translate to on the field and can they get over kind of that last little hump that they need to to become you know that that championship caliber team that we've well they've been championship caliber can they raise can they raise a trophy in a major tournament that's the question and, and that's that's what they sort of need to answer this year if it's going to be deemed a success
0: yeah no I, I mean you you're you're right about that they've been championship caliber but they haven't been able to raise a trophy and i think obviously the border that... shield
1: is a trophy and that season was unforgettable so we will say they raised a trophy they haven't raised a trophy in a tournament
0: in the tournament. Right. No, like
1: a playoff situation. Let's talk, let's talk Cup about
0: like different. MLS Cup. They were close on Concacaf, right? So I think the biggest one right they, that they can compete for this year is Concacaf I mean uh MLS Cup and uh, US Open Cup, right? The right. Ma- the main one is MLS Cup. Do you do you feel that with the off-season moves that they made, do you think this team as as we look at it right now, April 8th, Mm-hmm. Do you feel with the off-season moves that they made? I know you talked about consistency. I know you talked about, you know, essentially not having that many player that many players gone. Everybody understands the system, you know, adding a couple pieces, letting a couple pieces go. Yep. Do you feel with these offseason moves with the Corey Baird? Obviously, we we haven't seen Kim Kim won uh, Kim Moon one, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, he played 30 minutes, right? We we won't judge him off his 30 minutes. But um with those off-season moves and they still have a DP technically a DP spot open with with Brian Rodriguez but do you feel with the offseason moves they've made so far do you feel confident enough that this team can go the distance
1: if we hold on and this is sort of jumping ahead in your questions that you had sent over but if we hold on to the players that have been rumored to depart either now or say in the summer if this team that exists now more or less arrives intact even if there's a couple injuries this is the best team in mls by a long shot i mean and they've proved it almost at every position and you have back-to-back bol- golden boot winners you know even if you lose one of them at, at a time to an injury or to an international break or if diego gets sold halfway through the season and they replace it with someone else i still think that this is by far the strongest squad in MLS by far and they have Bob I mean they didn't have a coaching change I mean the irony is because of the lack of changes it seems like there's a lack of news with LAFC but the biggest news is that they've kept on to these players I mean Edward Atuesta, Diego Rossi, Eddie Segura, Marc Anthony K, Latif Blessing Um, every week every month there's a new rumor about one of them Leaving And guess what? After the season, some of them are going to go. Some of them might go during this season. And so LAFC's moment to get the best out of this, you know, this current group of players is really now. And I do think that the off-season moves, you know, the more I think about them and the more I, um, even with the question marks that exist, the bottom line is they have competition at every position. The bottom line is that they brought in in Corey Baird, a player that I don't even the more I think about it, I don't think they brought him in to score goals. We all want them to bring in a striker because we're traditional football fans. I don't think they brought him in to score goals. I think that they brought him in to be the, as Bob said, the fluid third piece of a, of the most potent attack, arguably, that MLS has ever seen between Diego Rossi and uh, Carlos Vela. All they need Baird to do is take up space, win the ball back and, you know, not screw up if he's three feet in front of the goal and uh, the the nets open. So I do think that the more I think about it, the more I think that, um, yeah, I I mean, and the, and the fact that they have a floating free DP spot, if they use it this year or not, if Brian comes back or not, um, I think that this remains still the strong team. However, if they lose an Edward Atuesta, if they lose a Diego Rossi, or if they lose both of them and they're not able to replace them, uh then yeah, you're you're if you start talking about multiple key pieces being lost, now you're in trouble. But normal injury, withstanding, yes, this team is by far the best in MLS, and they should win everything that they play for.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the standard for for, for LAFC. I think that should be the standard with LAFC when you have, you said two golden boot winners, right? Uh, you have Carlos Vela, you have Diego Rossi, but I think I'm gonna give a little pushback. I think Corbella needs to score goals. You know, I he I know he did, to your point, you don't feel like they brought him to score goals, but I think they they did. They need someone. It, I when, think yeah. we don't need him to score Carlos Vela or Diego Rossi goals, but he he has to be that that, that third option when. When Vela or Rossi's not scoring, Corey Barrett has to be There is It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you and I, ahead.
1: you and I talked about, okay, that's, we'll go through it again. Marco Aurenia. Then you had Christian Ramirez. Then you had Adama Diamande. Then you had uh, Bradley Wright Phillips and Danny Masofsky. The center forward position, center forward position. Cause again, like I think, and it was helpful for me to like listen back into what Bob is saying, right? Because you have to kind of exit. You have to exit the mind that what a number nine is supposed to do and what a striker is supposed to do and what that position is supposed to mean and enter the mind of, well, what did they want it to mean in the in, for the course of LAFC? Let me, let me, let me return with, with you. I'm with you, but he has to score Listen goals. To you can't, can't,
0: you can't, you can't. No, he'll score. Can't. He'll
1: score like. But you a need few. him to
0: score goals, though. I, I don't know that you need. I don't
1: know that you, you need him you, you to. Need they want him to. Sc- to. Yeah, I don't you know that him. they need. I don't know that they need him to. I we'll find out. We'll find out. You
0: know, you don't need him to score Vela type of goals numbers, but you need him to score goals. Like if he's going to be in the starting lineup. You need him to score goals because Brian Rodriguez was not. You, we can talk about the assists and stuff like that, yes. but the biggest, this biggest down thing on, on he couldn't uh, finish. He couldn't finish. You know, what I'm saying yeah. So and if that, Corey that, if
1: Corey Baird is missing goal attempts you can't that that's what i'm taking, saying you 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 can't i have agree a, with you, you can't
0: have that again we you, can't, you can't have
1: him taking a ton of shots and missing a ton of shots yeah 100 you, you,
0: you can't have the similar situation to brian rodriguez you you need i agree i agree with that that's, that's going to capitalize but i just those don't those think
1: i don't think we need him to be shooting as often as brian was a and i do think yeah he'll he will score some goals for lafc but the function that he is going to have i actually think this is going to sound strange for your listeners. It's actually going to be a defensive function. So essentially the way LAFC play and in, in, in thinking about that game, the, the preseason game and other games in the past in Bob Bradley's own words during training, you can't always press, right? You can't always, it's just, there's some situations that don't call for press. However, when you do press and if you can win the ball back, and if you have someone who shout out Vince La Rosa of One Ten football, LaFC events, you know, he assured me. He that, sounds like that, he
0: convinced you. <laughs> no, he assured me that he's
1: a hard worker. Yeah, that's something no. I I don't I don't know enough about Corey Baird because I I mean I've watched him play for Arsenal. Like, hold
0: on, just to be clear, you weren't sold on him, and all of a sudden you are sold on him. I well, I've heard I him. Was, listen, listen, listen. I was listen. I was under the impression that you just got to give the man a shot. He's got to give him a shot, you know.
1: Listen. Um, so this is. Let me just finish this. <laughs>
0: Because you you Stephen Betejour. You.
1: Steven Betejour. Okay. Join with me. Come with me to the training center 2019. Steven Betejour early. We're talking like super. Yeah, why are we
0: going back when we're, we're, we're listening listen, listen, okay. Gio?
1: All right. You bring you bring out a guest. You got to listen to the guest. You can't interrupt the guest. So Steve, <laughs> Steve throws down all these okay. little uh items on the on the table, and he and I are alone just talking tactics and talking what it means to, to play in the LAFC system. The thing that we all forget about winning the ball in the attacking third of the field is that all the players who now, who normally have to, you know, run from midfield or transition through this and they have to exhaust all these uh spurts of, you know, different moments. You can be, you can be as in fit as you want, but if you have to run a 30 yard run before you're going to try to make a key pass or like a 40 yard run, if you're going to try to take a good shot or if that's like a, like a three-stepper or a four-stepper, you're going to have a lot more composure at that time, right? Mm-hmm. And so what Steve described and why the key to LAFC's success in 2019, I would say, is their ability to win the ball back quickly. And so what's funny to me is I actually, I haven't changed at all about, I don't think Corey Baird's a great goal scorer and I don't think he's a great goal scoring threat. And I, if that's the reason that they brought him in, I think that overall that might be a disappointing signing. And for those expecting like a ton of goals, I don't think he's going to add up to those numbers. And I don't think that um, he'll be judged in a positive light. However, we have a great question with that. We have a great question. If the team is scoring like crazy, like they were in 2019, and these intangible moments where sometimes we might see Corey Baird win it, but he's working so hard on the offensive third that they're turning over the ball quickly and getting great shot opportunities off of it, then I think that that's more, far more important. And compared to the other center forwards, maybe apart from Marco Areña, Corey Baird perhaps could be the hardest working of the bunch and even create all the more opportunities in that half of the field through his work effort. Again, I don't know if he has the work effort. Point is, did we bring Corey Baird in for the work? Did we bring him in for the goals? If we brought him in for the work, I think there's hope. If we brought I mean, him in for the goals, I am less optimistic about Corey okay. Barrett.
0: I think LAFC brought him for both, to be honest
1: with you. Yeah, I, I mean, I of course, we all they, want both. They, we all they brought, want both. They, you they, 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 both. You can't you get have, both. You can't get both. I mean,
0: the, I think he, there there's going to be, uh, with that third DP spot, there's going to be like a timeline. They're not going to say this, but there's a timeline. We have a great question from G Money. He says, Corey, Corey Baird over under eight goals. He says, to me, he isn't good enough. None of our number nine options are. Um, I think like you got to give him a shot, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm under the I'm under the I'm under the the the, the observation. Like you got you got to give him a shot. You got to give Corey Baird. I really like Danny Mushevsky as a number nine, but I, you got to give Corey. If Corey Baird is going to be the guy, give him two months. Right, the summer the summer the summer window is is coming. Right, within a couple months, I think you got to give him at least two two to three months. And obviously this ties with Brian Rodriguez. Let, let's just put this example out there. They sell Brian Rodriguez, right? He, he goes on and he says out there. You have, you're going to have a DP spot. Let's say LAC has- Give it, a it to Eduardo
1: Testa. Give Eduardo the DP money. I okay. think that's probably better than just about anything. That's else. one option. If he's and trying you could, to leave, it
0: you, you, you could you could give it to Eduardo Testa, which we'll talk about. Or if for whatever reason, Corey Baird and Danny Massevsky aren't getting the job done, or for whatever reason, People have been talking around the league, around MLS, that LAFC needs a number nine. Bob Bradley, uh, the front office, they may disagree, right? They may, they may like the the three rotating wingers, right? I asked Corey Barrett, "Hey, do you feel better as a number nine or as a winger?" He said, "As a winger." So you literally have three wingers playing right in that four three three in the up top, right? right? And for whatever reason, Corey Barrett or Danny Masewski aren't able to get the job done and within two months between, between the summer transfer window and the caveat and Brian Rodriguez is sold and right and you have that DP spot then I think you start to look at at, at the striker but you have to give him a shot you have because that's yeah, why LAC I see Oh
1: absolutely I mean absolutely have to give him a shot I think but, he, again, but, I caveat, mean, but what I caveat mean by that he
0: has shot? to score goals though his shot is scoring goals. Hit, hit I think best. I
1: think he has to not miss goals more than it can't can't be a
0: Brian Rodriguez situation yes and
1: not miss goals more than score goals and I think even the more important category than how many tallies Corey Baird has uh especially goals will be how many opportunities are LAFC getting when he's on the pitch are they are they knocking teams out like five to one and he's not on the score sheet who cares because I bet he's providing a lot of things. And if he's happy in If he's in impacting role, in the game, that's a different yeah, that's a different exactly. story. Exactly. And I think he, they brought him the game, to impact the game. But and Brian so,
0: Rodriguez did not impact a single game for LAFC last
1: year. I disagree. I mean, he, Brian I mean, Rodriguez. What, what game though? So Brian. Exactly. What game, exactly. Believe, what game can you think most... off the
0: back of your mind and be like, oh, because of this game, they won a lot of
1: games. One. I mean, I don't know if I can say Come they would have won or
0: not. No. What game do you remember being like, oh yeah, Brian Rodriguez won LAFC, helped LAFC win this game.
1: The one up in Salt Lake. Come on. And so, like,
0: meaningful game. Meaningful, meaningful. game.
1: I mean, I, it was tough to say which games were meaningful and which ones weren't in like that that's, crazy. That's season. what
0: I'm saying. Look, I don't, I don't want to throw shade on him, but I feel like Brian so Rodriguez. Brian, I mean, a, a Corey Baird has to do has to impact the game. If if he's not in scoring, a different way, if, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, but there's so different. he's not scoring, but he, but yeah. if he's impacting the game and he got the assist, he got the flick off the head that went to Rossi Vella, Okay. Live exactly. With it. If so, he's being effective, it's a different story.
1: Right. And I think the issue with Brian Rodriguez, for one thing, I do think Brian Rodriguez didn't have as bad of a season as a lot of people say. I mean, he, I believe he created the third or fourth most chances in MLS and had like one of like one of the most highest rates of like successful dribble. So he took on players. He did all these things. The problem was he could not finish and he tried to score a lot. That's the difference. Is that his rate of scoring was so poor? No, you are you are commandeering you are commandeering opportunities. That the no, team could have no, my
0: eyes don't lie, bro. That's what I'm telling you. My eyes don't lie. He 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 just thought he was bigger than the club. He thought he and you saw. Oh, then there's the, way...
1: the intangibles. The in, I agree with you. Yeah, you know I'm saying he just part,
0: look. Yeah, I just I just sure. gotta keep it real. He just thought he was bigger than the club, and he didn't prove himself, and it, it shows where he went. He went to the second division Spanish team, right? I agree. Uh, I this agree doesn't with... need to be a Brian Rodriguez thing, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't because yeah. because he's he's over there, right? Over yeah. and then we have another great question. He said. If he, he's uh, the Scott says if he is helping helping effectively pressed, then Baird will hu- will be hugely valuable. I hundred percent agree with that. hundred percent. I mean, money says Aguero, and yeah, I, I think.
1: Mean, well, I think if if let's let's also add the caveat to your point about Brian's attitude and his seeming inability to sort of jive with the rest of the team in the way that we needed. Um, if Corey Baird scores zero goals. For whatever reason, but he's contributing in a a positive way, and that zero goals doesn't become an issue in his own mind to where he like lowers his ability to, you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, because because for some people they do need the goals, they need the stats to feel good. If Corey Baird is the type of player that can can be unselfishly involved in terms of statistics, like say a Latif Blessing, who I believe you know, he, he always famously said that, you know, and he started in KC as a winger, right. And we've used him in so many different positions and Latif is rarely on the score sheet, but it's hard to argue that Latif's contributions to LAFC aren't, you know, in the top three, four players Mm -hmm. on the team. And so I think that if Corey Baird can maintain his contributive attitude, his collaborative attitude in the locker room on the pitch, and he cares about winning the trophies more than scoring goals for Mm -hmm. himself. It doesn't, I don't think it matters how many goals he scores. That's my only point. And um, I I agree with what you said earlier about giving him a chance and that maybe he will surprise all of us and score yeah. a bunch. I'm just way less confident in him being effective that way than I am in, you know, these other intangible and sometimes tangible roles he could play uh with the LAFC attack.
0: Yeah, I mean to your point, not not that many people were were. Uh, the fans, right? Not that people. It wasn't. It wasn't a signing, uh, even for me, right? I, I, it oh yeah, it signing. was a
1: letdown for me when he, when I saw the signing. It was a letdown yeah. because I was like, "Wait, what is?" It? And then, like I said, I, I've it, and it wasn't just the conversation with Vince. It was listening to Bob talk about what he's he wants with the attack, and it was watching that game and thinking about what would this look like if you know this was a if everybody's a going full speed and this was this was the regular season. Is Corey Baird? Doing things on the field that are going, and again, how are we going to judge off 60 minutes of a preseason? But is he going to make those intangible impact moments? And that's that's to me where the buck will stop with him, not with how many goals he has.
0: Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that. I think it's like right, but it also comes down to decision making. If cory Baird doesn't work out, it's not on Corey Baird. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not, it's not it's not it's not on cory Baird. You know what I'm saying? It's on the decision if, who. Unless- who, who-
1: Unless he's just like a, he's like pouty about it. And he's like, I don't want to, because he brought up a good point. Like in the post game, Gio, that you asked him the question about, he's like, he's like, yes, on paper, I was the number nine, but you saw Diego, you saw me, you saw Carlos rotate in and out of different positions. So if he's still playing say 30, 40% of the game on one of the wings, I don't know that we're going to hear or see Corey. I would, I would hope attitude wise, we're not going to see him like get, angry about where no, he has to play and, from him and you see it around the world like Young doesn't like playing down the middle he prefers to come off the side but arteta always plays them in the middle and he does it does seem to be something that pisses him off and it affects the way that arsenal play. so you have an I've, issue there
0: yeah i i feel like Vela is better on the wing um Rossi's better on the wing right um that's i think i think when it comes down when it comes down we, i know vella could you you put Vela rossi in the middle but i think them being so effective on the wing gonna I just down. think it's
1: more fluid. I, my point is, I think it's more fluid than we're describing it because we're describing it in like static, m- static positional things like on a team chart. But in the course of the game, these guys are like, and, and, and I actually think that that's, you know, an advantage to Bob's system is it actually makes it more difficult to defend because things aren't really pinned down in the way that maybe would be easier to prepare against because you're just going to have these three players like swirling against each other and one or two guys that can come off the bench and offer like this, that, or the other quality that those players might not be able to offer. And so I think it's terrifying to defend. And I do think it's a big reason why, again, since LAFC came into the league, I believe no team has scored as many goals, you know, and no team has had more points or had more wins in three years. So we, it's not, it's not really like (laughs) if, 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 if we're like sort of like trying to armchair analyze Bob's decisions on this, he's sticking with the same system. He's stuck in the whole time. The question is, is can, can Corey Baird have that function better than the aforementioned other strikers? And I guess that's the thing that like you said, Gio, we all need to give him a chance. To yeah. Do. I think you
0: just got to give him a chance. And if I think it's, I know it's unfair to say two months, but that's when, or two, three months, whenever the summer transfer window is, I think, and if it doesn't work out, it's not on Corey Barrett. It's on the and Masovsky, and
1: to be honest, Masovski is not a bad option.
0: I, I honestly, yeah. I like Danny Masovsky. I, obviously I think Danny barely, might. got to see him play. But I, I think, I think like, he's a
1: better goal scorer yeah, than Corey he, Barrett.
0: He, he's, he's, he, I, he's, I haven't seen Corey Barrett enough to say that, but I, I, I would put my money on Danny Masovsky because I just like his confidence. I've gotten to know Danny Masovsky. I've gotten to know uh, his mentality, right? So a mentality. And, yeah. and it's also like I, I go off the eye test on what I see and I'm like, okay, you know? Um, I like that. I, and I think another year in with the system, uh, it, it's going to make, I, I, I expect Danny Masasti to take it to the next level, uh, quickly on the chat. He says, uh, the Scott says Rodriguez improved as the year went on, but the chemistry was never quite there. Cohesive press on defense. Okay. That's fair Agreed. to say. Yeah, it was Agreed. it wasn't, it wasn't there. Good point. Him, Good comment. He was already, uh, ready to ready to go. And, and that's what it is. I think an- another role, right. We were talking about this, um, you and I were at the game, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, and we saw that Tristan Blackman, I really like Tristan Blackman at right back. And you know, I didn't I didn't know beforehand, I don't know how I missed this, but I didn't know that Kim Moon Wan was injured. I don't know how I missed that. I, I just missed that. And a couple of other people told me that was right, his right knee, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he he came in, he came in, in the second half. He only played 30 minutes. But I will say he he did have two bad passes. And one of the one of the passes he almost scored on Pablo Cisnegas. And the yeah. other one he gave it to, I think it was like a forward of, of New England Revolution. It's it's unfair to judge him on 30 minutes, but he had two really bad passes. Um, I didn't know about his knee injury. I don't know when it happened. It happened whether it happened at LAFC training or it was before he got there. But I was under the impression with all the curiosity they were there, they were the way they were they um, were building him up. Um, I thought, I thought he was going to be the starting, uh, right back, but I don't think that may be the case one because of his injury and two, because how good Tristan Blackman looks.
1: Yeah. I thought Tristan Blackman answered, I believe it might've been you you who also asked him about this question of whether he earned a starting spot. I don't think that this team thinks in those terms, unfortunately, as as frustrating it is for those who cover the game. And believe me, I had MLS editors always asking me to get, no, I know, know, know. you want to know the reason why I asked that? Uh
0: uh-huh. Because I know he knows he's a starter. I know but, he, knows no,
1: he knows. No, 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 geo I I actually think the reason he why answer is that I know, that's LA, Actually, he, not that's not how it works at the club. Like, yeah, I, I just, know that. I know. I know. I, I,
0: I know that. that. But I wanted to see where his confidence was. You know, what I'm saying. I wanted yeah. to see. I wanted to see some players are like, you know, what it's whatever the coach's decision. But you know, I'm ready if, if I'm gonna be the starter, yeah. I'm gonna be the starter. But this,
1: I I just don't think it's and and again, people can say I'm I'm uh I'm making it more complex than it needs to be but I don't think thinking in terms of starting, but if you, if you look, let me put it this way, Danny ben this
0: bench. is, I asked a similar question. with Danny Masavsky. It was like when Bradley Wright Phillips was there and I forgot who was there last year. This is what Danny Masavsky told me. He's like, I don't see myself. Uh, I see myself as a starter. And I was like, that's when he first got on my radar. I was like, okay, well, yeah. Bradley Wright Phillips starting a few months later, Danny Masavsky was starting for so obviously the Carlos Vela got injured. There was so many deal left. Um, That just not that's what I saw in Danny and Danny Musabsky like proved it. You know what I'm saying? And I know Tristan Blackman. He's just gonna let his game prove it. And I think him the way he played to me, he's a starter. And especially with Kim Muan having this injury, if the season were started today, Tristan Blackman's gonna start, right? But you still have another week after after Saturday when LAFC starts, and I think. I just I just think when you when when what we saw from Kim one and he may not be ready um, and Tristan Blackman is, you know, there's going to be a lot of curiosity. There's going to be a lot of questions. And why did you bring in Kim Won potentially uh, if he wasn't ready or he has a knee injury? You know, like I, they, they haven't been cleared about that. But I really like Tristan Blackman. Now, it could be a decision thing because Kim one is a Tam player. Tam, you're getting paid more than six hundred thousand dollars. I don't think Tristan Blackman's making that, but right now off of one game, Tristan Blackman looks like the better option.
1: I'm not going to even comment on like, who looks up to the better option on a preseason game. I don't think that's fair. Um, and I don't think it's fair to like, think about it's at least for me, it's not helpful. Was- to think t- it's, it's not helpful to think in terms of the starter or like, it's just because it's, well, it's fair to like, say who's
0: the better option. If Carlos Bell is a better option, if Carlos Bell no. is the better option, if Carlos bell is the better option.
1: But it depends, right? So you brought well, up Kim's injury.
0: That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So with the injury, with with the injury, if, what if, if he's Tristan's injured.
1: out of fitness,
0: he's depends. not out of fitness. We, what saw, if, we what saw. What him. if
1: Mario's injured and we need Tristan in the center? Okay, then you put you or put what Tristan if Sagura, back, yeah. What if Segura is? Yeah, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, well or has I'm, a baby, or <laughs> my point is like on. no. But Gio, I'm serious. Come I don't on. think no. But come I don't on. think I don't think it's helpful. To think in terms of like definitive. But, but, we, but look, we live how do we, in a, we, live how did in we a, start
0: this podcast, though? You what? have depth at every p- p- you have, position. Exactly.
1: And that's you, you want.
0: You want competition within the club, right? Yes, exactly. This is, that's so, what my point, that's, that's exactly yeah. what my point is.
1: So I know great. you don't
0: want. I know you don't want to get a. Uh, probably you don't want to upset some people at LaFC or whatever. No, no, no. But, I am. But, I am. I am happy but, to get but, my pretty. But what I really a, look, think. man. I, the uh, way I grow this podcast and the way I talk to people, I'm just yeah. very honest and I speak my truth, right? But what yeah. I've and what I could, but I, I, you know, I spoke my truth about Brian Rodriguez when I don't think he was all that. I'm not saying that about Kim and I'm just saying right. he's not healthy right now, and I would put Tristan Blackman. I'm not saying Kim Muan can't yeah, be the we guy. We can
1: talk about the Austin game. Or I guess more importantly, we could talk about because they're playing another preseason but game. But at the same England time, like on- LAFC hasn't
0: been transparent, like how his injury happened. You know what I'm saying? Was this before? Have they not? I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't Has know. Has anyone asked it? him about it? They really ain't going to tell us. You know what I'm
1: saying? Oh, they might if you ask. Come on, bro no they'll if you ask we got we got a good
0: question we got a good question if if kim one is an all all he's hyped up to be then he shouldn't start plain and simple
1: wait okay first of all who is talking about him being so hyped up
0: bro come on la are there
1: articles that are out there that like lafc did lafc hyped up
0: kim one
1: that it's the first korean player
0: everything man everything that i've said because he, you can't, you can't sit here and tell me on this podcast that he was not the most, the most play, the biggest player that everybody's been curious about, right? This offseason. I don't know if shift? LLC uh, G Money says did we bought an injured player. I don't know that to be true. I'm assuming, I'm assuming he got injured practice yeah. or some or something. I have,
1: I know nothing about his injury status. I yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: Like there. they, they, they have, no- I haven't
1: asked either. I, I did
0: ask. I, I asked. Uh, I asked the people at LAFC, and you know they wouldn't give me anything. You know how LAFC is. They don't. They're not clear about it. Um, but you know we have to go up of assumption because that's how LAFC is. That's how some teams in the MLS are, and mm. the NBA wouldn't be like this. So that's why I, I can decipher. But I, this is this is my point. I just don't think LAFC needed to spend that much money. If if Kim Won kills it, he's worth the money. But Tristan Blackman, what I saw at Concacaf, Tristan Blackman is a player that gets better the more and more he plays.
1: Tristan's great, and I think I think LAFC having Tristan a defensive solution that works on the outside or in the middle, and they'll probably he'll probably play almost as many games as he's fit for as long as he's See, performing bro? well. Even
0: the even the chat, I don't know who G Money is. I don't. I, he's like LAFC hyped up. Wand on Twitter, Instagram, all over the place with PR. He's like, "Come on now!" But they just—I mean—they signed a new
1: player. I don't know. I, <laughs> oh, no,
0: don't. You no, know, they hyped them up, right? So I just hope—I just hope that the hype is. I'm also—I'm not. Just Let me just put real. this caveat
1: out there. I don't spend almost any time on social media, okay. so I don't actually know. It's your know. club,
0: bro. You got to know what your club is talking about. But you got—you the hype is there, man. The hype is there. I just hope that the hype—he lives up to the hype. Because if not. It's going to be very, very. Disappointing. I think
1: that whether he is hyped or not, if he's not performing well and he's not contributing to the squad in the same way that we talked about Corey Barrett needing to, if he's not playing a good right back and isn't integrating with Bob's system, then he's not going to be at LAFC for long. And if yeah, he they, is, then he will. They, be.
0: Spent, they spent a lot of money to bring him here,
1: so you got to hope that he does, right?
0: I mean, you, you kind of you you need to when you spend six hundred thousand dollars when you already had a right back. When you already had a starting but, right back, but
1: don't you think they needed a backup? Yeah, but as not well? for that
0: much money. Yeah, but how mean, do you
1: know which one will be the backup if you want co- competition at every place? I mean, it's the same with misofski and yeah, but you don't got to spend And, uh, that and, that and much it's the same money. with it's but, the same with Chiki and Farfan. You hope that Farfan is yeah, but
0: they didn't. That's what I'm saying. They didn't spend that money much money on Farfan. You could have got another Farfan on the right back. You didn't have to spend that much money and hype them up.
1: I don't you know, know the market for a good right back.
0: You don't got to, let's put it this way. You don't got to go outside the MLS to get a good right back in MLS.
1: But don't you think that LAFC is a club that's always looked to sign like the best right back they could, wherever in the world that that player might be?
0: Yeah. But when you already have Tristan Blackman showing you that he can, he played against teams. I just don't
1: understand why we're having this conversation when we haven't even <laughs> you, seen okay this is not- the
0: reason this is yeah. re- you don't want to acknowledge that LAFC was been hyping up Kim and Wan, I man.
1: just don't know what that means I just don't know what that means who
0: will you move on to- listeners yeah. I'm just confused he doesn't about want what to does admit mean. that LAFC hyped them all I'm saying but what does it is, mean I'm they're saying, excited
1: about a new player is that no, bad? I'm, I'm just
0: saying no, there's not nothing wrong with that I think it's right I think the way if you hype up a player he has to live up to the hype yeah, okay. it's plain and simple i mean but we're yeah.
1: like in preseason so we have That's no plain. idea
0: but like the thing that caught me off guard is his two bad passes and i didn't know he had a right knee in- or, or a knee injury like i didn't know that you know what i'm saying like that sure. caught me off guard like and no and no one tells us and that adds more speculation to like was
1: he in i it? think you should ask you should try asking pr again about the uh because i'm not convinced that they wouldn't tell you what's going on that sounds a little uh, weird
0: no that sounds that, that definitely sounds uh like I uh, see he said massive yeah on top of that massive korean population in la too bro come on and i had uh steve han who who, who covers the korean national team you you are with the tigers bro you know that mm-hmm. the korean you you're with lasc tigers their supporter group they're mostly korean right
1: yeah, but I don't understand why we're having a conversation about like whether or not this player was acquired, you know, for marketing purposes is no, basically I'm doing, what you're all, suggesting. All I'm, saying
0: is, all I'm saying is, no, you're not acknowledging the fact that it's it, we can move on, but we don't need to go back and forth. But there is hype there and you don't want to acknowledge it. But all I'm saying is no, no, no. no. To I'm saying I'm
1: saying we have not seen this player play more than thirty minutes in a preseason game. We have no idea whether he's going to be a starter or not. I don't think there's even going to be a definitive starter between him and Tr- Tristan. I don't even know that, you know, at this stage, you're going to have multiple competitions. You'll have players going away for international duty. You'll have injuries. To not have a solid second right back was something that we've talked about having. Yeah. They have one now. The price tag that they played for him, I don't really care as long as he performs. Yeah. Look, it's not...
0: Uh, with my. I put my money on Tristan Blackman right now, but if I see Kim and Juan- on Saturday and he is able to play 90 minutes or 45 minutes that's going to change my perspective you know what I'm saying but in those 30 minutes that it wasn't like it was mixed reviews from everybody in the media room that was there and if fans were there bro you know you know if if fans were at the game on Saturday they would have been shaking their head too you know what I'm saying and, and yeah, and, but
1: and, preseason is preseason. preseason, is not, preseason if it's game one, I'm happy to talk about my him.
0: eyes don't lie. My eyes don't lie. My eyes don't so lie. You don't think he's a good player? My eyes, huh?
1: You don't think he's no, a no, good I, player? I,
0: no, I don't know that in 30 minutes, but I know he had two bad passes.
1: But it's weird to me that you, you're you saying that you know, like Corey Baird and give him a chance, but you're not saying about Kim Moon Because I, I did not see Corey Baird why.
0: almost score on Pablo Cisnega
1: but they play two different positions.
0: I know, but I did I saw Brian Rodriguez play for a whole se- like a whole like whole two seasons and I know he wasn't that good. You know?
1: I'm just saying it's a little bit getting ahead of the curve to to like make these assessments about new players in preseason.
0: I don't think so. When when I saw Kim Kimwon almost scoring publicist niggas, it was like I looked all over the room and everybody's like, "Whoa." You know what I'm saying? First impression is the first impression. I'll give Kim One a shot, but all I'm saying is I'm putting my money on Tristan Blackman as of now.
1: And I don't uh, think that anyone thinks it's a competition between Tristan Blackman and it is. Uh, <laughs> Look, no one was it Kim is Kim Moon Hwan. It is except for Bob because Bradley who has to make that decision. It is. It, it, every it, game. it
0: is a competition because one of those guys is going to go to the bench. And I don't think, I think they'll, it'll they'll be both Tristan-
1: go to. I think they'll both go to the bench at different times. And I think Tristan will play in the middle. Yeah, sometimes. but I
0: don't. I don't think Tristan Blackman is going to go to the bench because of he is motivated and he's doing what he's doing. I think it will come down to decision. Just saying the same thing with Corey bed, right? If Corey bear doesn't work out, it comes down to the decision-making of why they brought him in. If Kim Wan doesn't work out, it comes down to decision-making and that that's where it all comes down to playing. So, but if they both work out, it also is like, dang, they made a great decision. But I, what I saw from Corey bear gives me, okay, like, okay, I can see it. Let's give him two months. What I didn't know about Ken Wan and that bad pass was like, why didn't they share this and why did he have two bad passes? You know what I'm saying?
1: So you think there's a conspiracy? Geo's <laughs> over here trying to make conspiracy theories. <laughs> Uh, Gio watched the QAnon documentary and got <laughs> uh, exactly, retired.
0: That's exactly he, what I was going for. He's like, no. don't you
1: think it's weird that, you know, it's like, no, I don't think it's weird. I think we're in preseason and they want good players at every position. I think they've got that. It's going to be a good year.
0: Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. But um, yeah, let's let's move on. I, I Look, I, I'm willing to give Kim one a shot. I, I've never shut the door. I'm, all I'm saying is I like Tristan Black and I write back. That's I love Tristan right Blackman.
1: There. I think I think Tristan Blackman is the future captain of LAFC.
0: Yeah, I mean, he got a call for if the. He keeps US growing. If he team. keeps
1: growing the way he's growing, he's going to be the future captain of LAFC. And I think that that's great. And I hope we keep him for as long as we can. I think he's grown I, I tremendously. Really he's an incredible player.
0: Play. He is elevated his game every single
1: year. You know Agreed. Saying? He's. I mean, I'm so when when um. That's why. That's you know, why his this, first. This his saying, first like, when we when we got him from university of Pacific. And he had those first training days. He looked like a goofy, like just got out of his teenage years kid. And I was just like, dude, I don't know what this guy's going to offer. He played in that first game in Seattle. I didn't feel great about, you know, his chances with this team going forward, but he's grown into such a great player. He listens to shoreline mafia. I'm with it all day. <laughs> okay. Tristan, let's talk, let's, let's Tristan, talk about We got the, love for Tristan. Let's go. We got
0: love, I, I got love about it. I, I put on my starting right back. Let's talk about this midfield, right? Mm-hmm. There's rumors about Eduardo Tuesta with Palmeiras. There's rumors about uh, uh, other MLS teams being interested in Mark Anthony K and Latif Blessing. And what's well, also a report, excuse me, there's a report from The Athletic that MLS teams are interested in K and Blessing. And The Athletic also reported that LASC is also interested in Fra- Frankie Amaya, I believe he plays from C- FC Cincinnati. There's a couple other teams as well. Frankie Maya played here in Southern California. I believe he played at UCLA. Um, what What are your overall thoughts? Obviously, we 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 talked about this before, but what are your overall thoughts about Eduardo Twista? Because this is his last year, right? So, right, and we and to your point that this is the least amount of turnover that LAFC has had, but there's there's two things going on with the Eduardo Twista. They can either trade them, I mean, sell them in the summertime or they don't sell him and compete for a championship and at the end of the year, if he doesn't re-sign with LAFC during the season, you talked about earlier that you would give him the DP spot. I think that's fair. But does LAFC want to use a DP spot with the door to Twister? We don't know that. And there's a lot of things at play, right?
1: LAFC we'll- would have won the CONCACAF Champions League final had Edward Atreus been in the game. I don't know that there's a better... Midfielder in MLS, I would give Edward Etwes the DP spot if I was the one doing it. If that's what it came down to, we don't we don't know about what's really going on behind closed doors with contract negotiations, rumors flying around this and that. I will adhere to what I said at the beginning of the podcast, which is I think that what the front office has done this year has been in line with what Bob has talked about for a long time, which is wanting consistency which is wanting people who know his system. He has a lot of those pieces right now. There's no guarantee that they're going to be around next year, much less the full entirety of this year. Whatever they have to do to keep the team intact, at least through the duration of the season, unless there's like a screamingly better upgrade, which for a lot of the positions on their pitch, I don't know that there is going to be. Um, I You just got to hold on to these players, man. You can't let it to us to go. I don't think at this stage in where LAFC is at and what they're trying to do. This is such a huge year for them. Let me remind you, Gio, year one, lost in the semifinal, to penalties in, uh, in Houston U.S. Open Cup, semifinal U.S. Open Cup. Year two, lost in the semifinals to Seattle after winning the Supporters' Shield, uh, semifinal of a tournament. Year three, lost in the final of the Common Calf Champions League. You know that what has to happen for LAFC this year is they have to win a tournament. They have to win MLS Cup or they have to win... U.S. Open Cup, and anything below either of those two or even both of those two, that's that's the expected. They're going to win one of those two. That's what's expected. If they um, win them both, then I think it's a successful year, and they could win all three, including the Supporters' Shield. But if they lose a key piece, and I would argue the only player more important than Edward Atuesta on the field is Carlos vela it's, yeah. it. it's the only player more important. I think you could lose Diego Rossi, and it wouldn't impact you as much as losing Edward Atuesta. Yeah, as, so, long as,
0: you, as long as you have Carlos, I, that's
1: why I, I think he's worth the DP slot, and that's that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Gio, I got like, I got like five I'm more minutes. Okay, I, no,
0: that's that's fine. I'm not fine. mad and at then that. Then I got to bounce. No, that's yeah. totally fine. Um, I
1: and I know that there's rumors, and I and look, I I'm not surprised that people in MLS want one, if not all, the pieces of the best midfield in MLS over the last three seasons. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, I also think that if they end up losing one of them, the onus is on Bob to you know pull another magic rabbit trick out of his hat something he doesn't get a lot of credit for is bringing the best set of players and remaking players and putting them in different positions because mind you i remember after year one when we he lost does benny, get
0: the best out of players when
1: we lost benny failhaber and everyone was making a big show how are they going to replace the midfield and then we lost lee when how are they going to what are they going to do about the midfield and you know the midfield's only improved and we have poncho Janella, janela we have uh sifu And who knows what other tricks they got up their sleeve. I'll trust Bob's development of players until um, I don't see it working. And yeah, I I think that in this case, in this scenario, like I said before, I think LAFC got what they wanted out of the transfer window, which was not a lot of change. And they offloaded the one, perhaps, uh, infectious piece of of the puzzle in Brian Rodriguez and otherwise... I don't know. Things are looking pretty good for LAFC right now. And I think that if you're an LAFC supporter and you're disappointed about the, not having the number nine or a goalkeeper, that's understandable, but that's just because you're spoiled with everything else you already have. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. He's calling kind of spoiled, but Hey, there's there, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm with you. Uh, we're looking we're to let you go, but I'm with you. I think Eduardo Tuesta is worth, worth a DP spot, but does LAFC see that? Because are they would they be willing to give them that, that dp spot and a lot of this thing a lot of this thing is tied down to brian rodriguez if if yeah. they can't if they can't sell brian rodriguez are you gonna loan him out again you know what i'm saying who
1: knows dude the, the mls contractual stuff i will say this there are some great people geo you probably know a lot about it i know paul tenorio of the athletic the the structure of how mls gets and sells oh, players is so confusing Bro. and so maddening I just that learned, I, I don't I, even like I don't even theorize about it. I just either I wait for players to come in or I wait for players to go and then I think about what it means because well, I, speculating on it drives me insane.
0: Well now that I now that I've understand it it, may, it gives me understanding of how the teams make decisions right so whether it's lafc or la galaxy i can make my assumption off of that you know but, but this uh, is
1: why this is why you're the hustler this is why people need to listen to the la soccer hub pod because Gio's yeah are delivering the and good. we're gonna He's- we're
0: gonna make you we're gonna show you all these uh these posts lafc made of uh kim Won. but anyways i'm not gonna hold you to that man brother i appreciate you being on you have Gio, some, some of the Gio, best at some, point,
1: at some point we're gonna bring you to the backyard and we're gonna talk a whole bunch of football things about your Grand Canyon playing days and other and other. Well, let's do memories. it. Let's do it. And we're not going to talk about anything that actually happens on the pitch of LAFC. That's totally uh, fine because that's how we do the FCFC pod. But for the listeners out there, my boy Ryan Wallerson, Josh Gross of the SoCal Daily News Group, the three of us do a podcast called Season Pass. where We're only talking about the beautiful game. It's a quick little thirty minutes. I, li- I
0: think I've listened to one episode. Uh, what's him? Uh, rc wall he's not here huh? where would you go
1: Wallerston went back to the east coast but you okay. know guys we're in the zoom era people can come is, in he, and is, out. He, is he still on he's still gonna be following the game he's a great sports mind uh like Gio is and so yeah tune into that check it out if you want and if you're into the culture one check out fcfc we're gonna get geo on get him over to the backyard and talk about oldest football memories and other hilarious things bro and I, I'm dude down. i'm just ready for this year i'll probably see you um in the press box at some point it was great to see you in person the other day and fuck dude thank you for having me on the yeah show. no brother and shout like, out to all the say- people who are listening and asking questions it's amazing Bro, these are, these never are great had questions, questions man these are these some are great questions, questions. hard hitting um, questions let the
0: people obviously fcfc but let the people know where they can follow you i just personally followed you on twitter uh so give your boy a follow back
1: as obviously, i said i'm awful at social media but uh you are the podcast fcfc pod why are you and- off the of social media No, awful. Like I don't, my relationship with it is like, is like I'll go like several months sometimes without checking it. And then I'll like go through these periods. I know it's important and I know it matters, but I also think it's almost the worst place in the world. So (laughs) FCFC pod, it is LAFC season pass on Instagram, on Twitter. And that's it. Um, Check it out. Love you guys. I got a okay. roll. The city is calling my name. The okay. People are calling.
0: Well, hey, let me let me just sign off. Let me just sign yeah. off because that's not how we sign off here. Okay, I, sorry. <laughs> I, I usually do the signing off here on this okay. podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> well guys, if you give this man a follow. I mean, if you if you guys if you guys are listening to the podcast, check out the live stream. Check out check out his Arsenal swag. Um Duiz, Duiz is a great guy. We
1: could still win Europa League somehow.
0: Yeah, Dweezy is a great guy.
1: Uh, thanks man you
0: gotta hang out with us but guys if you guys enjoy this episode make sure to give us a five-star rating on apple podcast you can listen to this podcast on spotify wherever you get your music uh join us on thursday nights every thursday night we're talking lafc you guys can follow me at geo garcia la on twitter make sure to follow us on la soccer hub on instagram facebook twitter wherever you get your music.
1: Play that Shoreline Mafia after you listen to the (laughs) podcast. Shout out Tristan Blackman, Saggy T, what's up?
0: So for Dweezy, this is T, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody.